0: Well, good morning. morning. And you know, it is really a privilege to be here, to be able to share worship with you, and to be able to speak on Seeking God. Uh, Behind me uh, will be a picture of my family. Uh, This is actually us on Thanksgiving. Um, Holidays really have been different this year, haven't they? Um, This was our Christmas picture this year, and Christmas was really different too. you know, Normally, on a normal Christmas, uh, we'd be going somewhere Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, in-laws, we'd be doing the whole shebang. As probably a lot of you would have too, right? But this year was a little bit subdued. We didn't get to see the whole big family, but we did get to see our immediate family. Uh, that's uh, my wife, Karen, and our kids, our grandkids, and of course, uh, our two dogs in the picture, well, our one dog, but the dogs were invited to Christmas as well. So So today we're talking about seeking God. And uh, if you were an outsider, if you weren't a follower of Jesus, and you heard that we were having a message today and talking about seeking God you might think that that would be maybe a little bit odd, right? Why would a church be talking about seeking God? I mean, isn't that what we Christians do all the time? Aren't we always seeking God? Well, yes, in a sense, we are seeking God, right? But very specifically today, we're going to talk about what it is and how we actually seek God. Um, Because we weren't always seeking God. I know I wasn't, and... If we're honest, none of us were actually always seeking God. There was a time when we were not followers of Jesus Christ. We were not Christians. We made a decision in our lives to follow Jesus, right? And before that, we were actually sinning against God. We were violating God's law. The Bible actually tells us that we were enemies of God. Uh, Now, not that God hated us, because God doesn't hate us. He always wants the best for us. But the Bible says that because we were doing everything we could against him. Obviously, some were worse than others. But then came that day when we made a decision to follow Jesus Christ, right? We decided to turn away from our sins and turn towards God. I think Josiah touched on that quite a bit last week, right, Pastor Josiah. And amazing things happen when we decide to follow Jesus Christ, right? And for those of you who've been Christians for quite some time, you've probably heard a lot of this stuff. You know, we were washed in the blood of Jesus, right? We, um, we become part of the family of God. Uh, there's a place being prepared for us in heaven, uh, although we were... Uh, Scarlet, our sins are now washed and we're white as snow. All these great things that the Bible talks about that are true for us. And we are also in a new relationship with God. Jesus came to restore our relationship with God the Father. So now, when you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God looks at me and he looks at you wherever you are, even if you're at home, God looks at you and he sees an individual who is, who is pure, who is spotless, who is blameless, who is without sin. Praise God for that, right? Yeah. Uh, and the $2 theological term for that, if you're interested in that sort of thing, is positional sanctification. It's a really fancy word. What it basically means is that uh, your position before God is that you're holy. When God looks at you, when God looks at me, he sees somebody who's who's sinless. That is amazing, because I know me, right? And you know you, and that is the problem right there, because we know, if you've been a Christian for more than a week, you know that you don't always feel and you don't always act like you're holy and sinless and without blame. As a matter of fact, most of the times when I'm driving, you get the picture, right? So, we have kind of a problem, although God sees us as holy. Thank you, God. We're not quite there yet, right? So, God has tasked us with this job of turning away from sin and turning towards Him in our life and walking through life, continuing to move further and further away from sin and closer and closer to God. Now there's another $2 term for that, and that is called progressive sanctification, if you're interested in those terms. And progressive sanctification means simply that as we progress through life, as we travel through life, we're becoming less like our old self and more like Jesus Christ, right? And so we, as followers of Christ, should be able to look back to a time when we weren't Christians and look at ourselves now, and we should see a difference. People around us should be able to, who knew us in our past, who crosses another path in the street, should see that there's a difference in us. Maybe not a physical difference that they can see, but the way that we behave and that we act towards other people. We're more Christ-like. Um, so this is one reason why we go to church, right? Because we want to hear messages, we want to praise and worship God, we want to be more like Jesus, and this is what helps us to do this. Um, but until we're standing before God, we're always going to have to keep turning away from sin and seeking God. Right? And that's what we're talking about today. How do we specifically seek God? How do we work on that relationship that Jesus restored with God? Right? God did all the heavy lifting. Now, what are we supposed to do to work on that relationship? So, this morning, We're going to be in uh, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. So if you have your Bibles with with you, or your iPad, or your cell phone, or some kind of electronic device, feel free to turn to Jeremiah 29, verse 13, and part of verse 14. And we're actually going to be camped out there quite a bit this morning. So if you want to leave that open, (coughs) that'll work out good. Excuse me. Uh, So just as a little bit of a background... Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet of God, right? And uh, he was in Israel, and actually in the southern kingdom in Judah. Now, if you read the Old Testament, you'll read over and over and over again how God uh, blesses the people, and then the people in Israel become prosperous and then they turn away from God, and they start to sin, and then God sends prophets to warn them to turn back. Sometimes they listen right away. Sometimes they don't listen for a long time, Mm -hmm. just like you and I, right? Um, And in this particular section of the Bible... God has been warning the people over and over and over again and sending prophet after prophet and they are not listening and they refuse to turn away from their sins and they refuse to turn to God. And God said to them, there is judgment coming. And it came. It came in the form of the Babylonians. The Babylonian army came and it destroyed their country and it took most of the people captive to Babylon. And this is where we're going to pick up here in Jeremiah. Uh, God is speaking to Jeremiah, and he's telling him, you know, write a letter to those exiles in Babylon, because I'm not done with them yet. I love them. They're my people. I really do love them, and I'm not giving up on them. I do still have plans for them, and let them know this. And this is where we're going to pick up, right here. Jeremiah 29 verses 13 and the beginning of 14. And this is God speaking through Jeremiah to the people of Israel and to those of us here today. It says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And we're going to camp on that. We're going to look at that verse quite a bit more today. Let me read it for you one more time. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So, let, we're going to break that up a little bit and we're going to look at what that means and what it means for us today. So, the first part of that verse in Jeremiah you will seek me and find me. So, first of all, we need to realize God is not hiding. God is not playing hide-and-seek with us. If he was, let me tell you, God is going to win. Right? We would never find him. He wants to be found. He is available. He is here for all of us. Uh, There was a great mime on the internet, and I was going to send it in so you could see it. It's a picture of Bigfoot, and below it says, world's champion hide-and-seek, you know, hide-and-seek champion. Uh, That is not God. God wants you to find him, but you will, you will. That's what the verse begins with. You will seek me. You, you, me. The emphasis is on us, right? We need to seek God. We actually need to get up and we need to do something. And it takes effort, right? It takes us doing something, okay? And... And again, for those of you who have been Christians for a while, and even those of you who aren't, uh, think about the church body. Not not everybody becomes a follower of Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, some people do, some people don't. Some people will never come into church, and even those people that do come in, they just are not going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, They're welcome here, we want them here, but they're never going to connect. They're never going to make the decision to turn away from their sins, And follow Jesus. And even some of those people that do make that decision to follow Jesus, they're not going to pursue that for their whole life. They're not necessarily going to have a a vibrant, growing, strong relationship, right? It's a lifelong decision and it's a decision that we have to work on constantly, right? It takes effort. Mm -hmm. But you know, this is something that God has always wanted. He's always wanted us to seek after him. He's always wanted us to look for him and to find him, right? He loves us, and he loved us first. Are we going to reciprocate? And you don't have to turn with me, because I'm going to kind of go through these verses a little bit quick. And I cheated, and I tabbed my Bible, and I know you didn't. So so I'm just going to run through a couple verses quick, and uh, we'll talk about those. Uh, in the Old Testament, God wants us to seek him. Uh, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me find me. And that is true throughout the Old Testament. You'll find example after example of how God wants us to seek after him. And those who seek after him are able to find him. But it takes us getting up and doing something, taking some sort of action. What sort of action are we going to take? We have to do something. We have to reciprocate. And in the New Testament, the same thing is true. It says over and over again in the New Testament that we seek God. God, God has sought, God has seeked after us for our salvation. But after that, we're looking for Him. We seek Him. And in James, let's have a verse for you there. Uh, James chapter four, verses seven and part of eight. It says, "Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you." Come near to God, and he will come near to you. And it continues, Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And that is a really good verse on how we're saved. Submit ourselves to God, right? Uh, I had a way of living my life. I want to do my things, but following Jesus is putting my way of living behind, my sinful life behind me, and following God. And when we do follow God, it says come near to God and he will come near to you just like the song we sang this morning when we seek God we find God the more we find him the more we love him uh, and this is a relationship um, it, it's available to all of us right and it doesn't matter if you're online if you're online, close by. If you're far away, everybody sitting here today, it's available to. It doesn't matter if you're tall or short, uh, thin, thin as a rail or a big person. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter how much money you are. You have. It doesn't matter uh, what part side of the tracks you live on. None of that matters to God, right? He is available to each and every one of us. He is definitely the equal opportunity. Savior, right? He's available to all of us because he loves each and every one of us. We're all different. We're all unique in our own way. And God loves each and every one of us. And that relationship is available to all of us. But we have to seek him. And when we seek him, we find him. So we seek him. If we seek him, we find him. But we have to seek him with all of our heart. Right? That's the key right there, too. We have to seek God with all of our heart. God's heart is for all of us to be saved, right? And he did a, a lot for us to be saved. Jesus did a lot for us, for our relationship to be renewed with God. God the Father sent his Son down to die for us. Through the Holy Spirit, Jesus came to earth. He lived a sinless life. He was uh, tortured, tormented, he was abandoned by his friends, mocked, ridiculed, and put to death, right? And on the third day, he rose again, and he did all of this. God did all of this to save us, to, re- to give us, put us into a new relationship with God. We have a new relationship with God. We were enemies of God, and now we have a renewed relationship. We're friends. Jesus is my friend. We have a relationship with God. But what's first in your life? What's first in your life? God wants to be first in your life. Um, Karen and I, we've been married for, and I I should have thought about how long before (laughs) I got up here. I want to say 33 years. Is that right? Coming up this year? Yes, 33 years this year. That's bonus points for me, by the way, when I can remember things like that. Uh, so we've been married for 33 years, uh, and we dated a while before then. But, and uh, we were actually high school sweethearts. Um, uh, I saw her at high school, and I thought, you know, there's somebody I want to be with, right? And uh, uh, I focused my attention on being with Karen, right? Because I wanted to be with her. Now, if she saw me running around with other ladies, talking with other women, trying to pursue relationships with them, how serious do you think she would think that I was about our relationship? Probably not very serious, right? I mean, if I'm serious about being with Karen, then Everybody else gets put to the side. And the same, in a sense, is true with God. God wants to be first in our life. There should be nothing else that comes between us and God. And that sounds kind of confusing to some people. Uh, I just had the question asked to me recently. Uh, well, what about my wife? I really love my wife. How can I say that I love God and, but really love my wife? That's a good question. Uh, And I don't know if I answered it well for him at that time, I thought about it a little bit more and there's a lot of ways we can think about it. And the way that I like to think about it uh, is like this, I worship God, God is number one in my life. Because God is number one in my life, I become a better person, right? And I'm a better husband to Karen because of my relationship with God. I love her more. I'm faithful to her. Uh, My focus on her is, is perfect and pure because of my relationship with God. And because she's a follower of God, our relationship is strong because I can trust her completely. 100%. 100%. I don't doubt anything that she does because I know that she's a follower of God. My trust for her is complete. You know, and 33 years together, that kind of does that too, right? You know, when you, We know each other quite well, but our faith in God makes our love for each other stronger. So God's love doesn't take away from my love to my wife. It actually adds to my lo- love to my wife and makes it better. So, If you're watching, and I know that you are, I hope that answered the question a little bit better. So, is there another way for us to seek God with all our heart? And I just want to flip to a verse really quick in Proverbs. I'm sorry, Psalm. And it's Psalm 119. It's quite a long psalm, but I just want to take a clip out of it, and I'm going to back up. I know that Pastor Steve has verse 11 on there, but I'm going to back up to verse 9 and uh, I'll read it to you here. It's, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word, speaking to God. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in in my heart that I might sin against you. How do I keep my marriage pure? By, By living by the word of God. How do I keep my my job secure with my employer? I live as a follower of Jesus Christ, right? All these different things are better in my life. Everything around me is better in my life because I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. My friendships are better. uh, Everything that I can think of. So you will seek me and you will find me. When you seek me with all of your heart, and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. That's the third part we'll, we'll look at. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And that's a promise. That is a promise from God. He doesn't say, I promise, cross my heart, and hope to die. But that's what God is doing there. He is <laughs> promising to you. He is making that promise. He will be found by you. So you know he's not hiding. Uh, we can believe God. Do you know uh, I'm not going to talk about politics uh, because I just, anyway, I'm not going to talk about that. But in the today, uh, regardless of where we turn, it's hard to find somebody that we can trust and somebody that we can believe in. And I don't care what you believe in or what you're watching, it doesn't really matter. That's true of everything. We live in a fallen world, right? right? And because of that, it's hard to find truth. Uh, But God is truth, and when he promises something, we know that it's true. In the Old Testament, God says this, and in the New Testament, God says this. Uh, In Numbers, found in the Old Testament, 23, uh, verses 19, it says that God is not a man that he should lie, nor son of man that he should change his mind, right? God doesn't lie to any of us. Uh, Sometimes there's provisions on his promises, like if you seek me with your whole heart, right? That's a provision. If you are just sitting in your chair at home in front of your TV, and I'd kind of like to know God, and that's all you leave it at, you know, God promised. Well, God did promise if you seek him with your whole heart. But you do have to do some things. We are obligated to some things. God's promises never fail. In the New Testament, we'll go to 2 Corinthians. And it says it again, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, uh, it says the same thing. Uh, Paul's writing to the Corinthians, uh, they don't behave very well right? Yeah. Corinthians always seem to be getting themselves into a little bit of trouble. Yeah. And this is uh, another letter that Paul's trying to correct them. And uh, they're having a little discussion about God, right? And Paul's telling them, uh, verse 20, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through the amen is spoken by us, in the glory of God and so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God so no matter, for no matter how many promises God has made they are yes in Christ now in the Old Testament Jesus wasn't there yet the promise was they were looking forward to the coming Messiah now here with us uh, Jesus is here Jesus has been here and he is living with us among the believers now. So the promise now, we know from our perspective that the promise comes through Jesus, right? There is only one way to be saved and it starts as being a follower of Jesus Christ. We have to start, if you want to seek God, it starts by turning away from your sin recognizing who God is, believing that he is the Son of God, accepting him as your Lord and Savior, and turning away from that own life and following his desire for your life rather than your own. That's salvation. That's where seeking God starts, right? And that's what it says in verse two. The answer, the promises in God are yes in Christ. The promises are yes in him through Jesus Christ, right? And that's true. And again, that verse is echoed again in Matthew. And again, I'm cheating because I have tabs, so I know you can't keep up. But in, in Matthew, uh, in the, the Sermon on the Mount, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is teaching all the, the people who are there with him, 5,000 or so. And in verse seven, and seven, chapter 7, verse 7, and I know you've heard this before, but here's where that promise of you seek me and you find me comes in again. Uh, Jesus says to all the people there, um, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And there it is again, clear as a bell. If you seek me, you will find me. If you ask, it'll be given to you. If you knock, the door will be open for you. Right? That's very clear over and over and over again. God wants us to ask. God wants us to seek. He wants us to pursue that relationship with him. So I want to change gears a little bit in the time that we have left. Um, I think we understand, right, that if you seek God, we can find him, right? But we have to seek him with our whole heart, right? We understand that too. And God promises that if we're seeking him, and we're seeking with our whole heart, we will absolutely positively find him, because God will be certain of that. Right? God promises that. So we know that, so let's switch gears just a little bit uh, for the rest of the time we have, and, and look at some things and how we can seek God. Right? There are ways that we can seek God. Now, I have a few things I'd like to talk about today, and I'll tell you a couple of things. Number one, it's not an extensive list. Uh, We do only have so much time here today. And there is one way to heaven, right? And it's through Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of different things that we can do to seek God, right? There's a lot of different ways we can seek him in our lives. Uh, And the second thing I'd like to say is, um, before I start this list, is uh, I myself am kind of like a task person. Uh, Here's number one, number two, number three, number four. Check it off the list. I'm done kind of uh, fall into, if you, do, if you think about it, we could fall into kind of a religious mindset. Well, I must do this to find God. These are the things that are required of me. These things are, are not required of us. We get to do them. We are allowed to do them. We have the great opportunity to seek God. And we want to do them with a right heart. Not because we're obligated to do them, but because by doing them, we become closer to God closer to our Father. So let's take a look at a couple different things here. Uh, the first way we can seek God is through worship, right? And we had a great worship set today. I can't remember the young man playing guitar this morning. Uh, did a great job, right? And both of these guys up here were, were doing a great job. Uh, you too, by the way. So, so Although I don't understand anything you're saying. Uh, right? And worship brings us into the throne room. It prepares our heart, it sets our minds straight, and it sets our emotions right for for seeking God. Um, If you're in a worship and you're just simply singing a song, first of all, thank you for being in worship and thank you for singing that song. I'm glad you're here and I'm glad you're doing that. But if for you all it is is singing a song, you're not getting the full benefit out of what worship is. Okay, worship is about our hearts opening up to our Father, right? Worship is about us praising the one who's given us life, who's given us salvation, who's written our name in the book of life. It's it's just a personal experience. You can be surrounded by thousands of people and have a personal experience with God during worship. Seeking God in worship, that's one of the ways that we seek him. So let's turn to John, one of my favorite apostles, I, one I, I, I seem to, I feel like I connect with. Uh, John chapter 4, verses 19 through 23. Um, Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman. Uh, first of all, they're in Samaria. That's very odd for Jews. Uh, Sumerians were, were downcast people, people they didn't want to be around, people who were, um, they considered to be unclean. You know? Things haven't changed much in 2,000 years, have they? And he's talking to a woman. <gasps> a woman! A man a, a, talking to a woman, and a rabbi talking to a woman? It's shocking. It's unheard of. But Jesus... Uh, He breaks these bonds all the time. Jesus, uh, you know, if you ever want to know anything about uh, life today and uh, racism and hatred, look at the Bible. The Bible is full of love for people, regardless of who they are, right? And Jesus breaks that stereotype, and he goes up and he talks to this woman at the well. And they're having a conversation, right, uh, about who God is. Pick it up in verse 19. Uh, She says, Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. Well, pretty obvious, right? Our, Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place we must worship is in Jerusalem. So Jesus says, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Listen to this. For those are the kinds of worshipers that the Father seeks. God is spirit. Did I write that down? God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. When you are worshipping God, it says... These are the kinds of worshipers the Father seeks. While you're worshiping God, while you're praising him, God is in turn seeking you, right? We've heard that all day today. When we seek God, God seeks us. When you worship God, God is seeking you, and you're coming closer to God. Secondly, we can worship God through prayer, right? And we've been doing this for 21 days. Well, not 21 days yet, but there's an emphasis for these 21 days of prayer and fasting, and prayer is how we seek God. And that seems pretty obvious, right? To some people. Uh, and again, going back to my lovely wife. Uh, if I said I wanted to go out to her, with her, and I, I love her, and I'd and like to spend my life with her, and then we stop talking? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I'm already told that I'm not communicating enough. Any, anybody else, any other guys here relate with that? You know? Uh, I see a lot of people putting their heads down, <laughs> right? Well, maybe that's a guy thing, but we work on that, right? I, we joke a little bit, but uh, communication is key, right? To any relationship, right. you've got to have open and honest communication with Everyone that you have a relationship with. And I don't care who they are. If it's a friend, you have communication with them. Coworker, especially your spouse. Somebody you love, you are going to communicate with. And that's really all that prayer is, right? Prayer is communication with God. Very simply. Uh, Let's see. Psalm 66. We're going to go all the way to verse... 18 through 20. And this is David, and he says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. But surely, but God has surely listened. He heard my voice in prayer. Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. God does listen to us. God does hear our prayers. you know, sometimes it seems that God is not listening. God always hears our prayers. He always hears our prayers. He might not respond to us the way we would like, but God is always listening to what we have to say. But it's, as a uh, communication my wife, you know, if I were talking the whole time and she never got a chance to talk, or if she was talking the whole time, which sometimes happens... <laughs> just kidding I have to ride home with her so I should be careful you know it's a two-way street isn't it communication is a two-way street and prayer is a two-way street too we can lift anything we want to God in prayer Mm -hmm. but we also have to take time to listen because God is speaking to us all the time Steve I'm going to skip the verse in Philippians and go to our next point uh So, we seek God in worship, right? Praise Him, opens our heart. We seek God in prayer because it's communication. We want to communicate, open, honest communication. And we also seek God through service. Now, that might take some of you by surprise, right? So, that's kind of an odd thing to mention about seeking God, right? What do you mean, seeking God in service? Uh, You mean by being an usher or uh, not everybody can preach? maybe doing sign language or a worship team or whatever your gift happens to be, that's going to be seeking God? Well, yes, absolutely. We seek God through the our gifts that He's given us and we're using our gifts. Uh, If you want to turn with me one last time to Matthew twenty verses twenty-eight. And this is Jesus um, talking. Uh, His disciples just got themselves into trouble again uh, because the mother of James and John said, you know, I'd like my two sons to sit next to you when you go into glory. And uh, the other disciples heard this and got a little bit jealous, which, hey, I want to sit next to Jesus too, you know. Uh, So there was a little bit of discussion about that. Right? So they got a little bit upset. So Jesus came in and he started to explain to them a little bit more about uh, the kingdom of God and what it's like. And he ends up with this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ didn't come to this church, to, be, to this earth, to be served. Because if he did, things would look quite a bit differently. He came here to serve. And all you need to do is look throughout the Bible, and you could find example after example after example of Christ serving the needs of people, feeding the 5,000, healing the sick, uh, raising the dead. Mm -hmm. Time after time again, God reaches out and heals and works with those people who need, need. And I don't know what your gift is, but if you want to see the heart of Jesus, you need to serve. You need to step up and serve in whatever way God has enabled you, and that's where you're going to see God working. You're going to see God through your service. So we, we know God, we can seek God in worship, we can keep, seek God in prayer, we can seek God in service, and we can seek God in our life. In our very life, we can seek God, right? And that might seem a little bit odd. You know, I'm not going to mention reading the Bible, right? That's pretty obvious. You all know that this is a whole book about God, right? You're going to church, so I assume you know that. But we can seek God in our life. You know that God is active and he's involved in our everyday life. Every time we walk out the door or every time we wake up, God wants to be involved in everything that we do. And if you've been a, a Christian for a while, you'll probably have examples in your own life of how you can specifically tell somebody of how God worked in your life, right? Uh, I have a few examples. Uh, one day, I was, I was at work. I work in construction, and I have a grinder, And I don't know if you can picture this. I'm holding this grinding tool, and it's got a wheel that spins like this. And I'm grinding some metal. And I want to see what I'm doing. And I got my face really nice and close to the grinding wheel because I'm looking at it. And I hear this voice say to me, "Uh, the grinding wheel is going to blow up. And I went, what? And then the wheel blew apart. What? I mean, my face was right there. And I don't know that I was looking to listen to God, right? But yet he was there, right? God works in all of our lives. The thing is that something that I want to point out to you is are you looking for God in your life? In my life, I have a lot of examples of how God has worked, but it seems like you could either chalk up what's happening in your life to chance, luck, clean living. Or if you're looking for God, you can see God working and say, this is God working in my life. Mm-hmm. It's a choice that we're making. Are you looking for God or are you not? Right? Some people would say, well, that was just luck. That was lucky. But I know that I serve. A big God. Um, those, for those of you who don't know me, which would be like almost all of you, uh, I've been dealing with cancer. I've had cancer for five years? Five years. I've actually had cancer several times now. Um, the first time was really simple, right? I had stage four kidney cancer. It's really bad, by the way, stage four. They went in, took my kidney out, bada bing bada boom I was out of the hospital in no time. Hey, this whole cancer thing, piece of cake, right? Nothing to it. I've got a spare kidney. You know, what's the big deal? Uh, the second time I had cancer, not so lucky. Um, it, it was a year later, and uh, I had a um, hernia, right? And I went in to get my hernia checked. And they said, oh, by the way, your cancer is back. How many could picture hernia being a blessing from God, right? Because if I hadn't gone in, the cancer would have continued to spread. And I went to the cancer doctor, um, with a, and uh, it didn't look good. My kidney is gone now, right? The kidney cancer is still there, but it's no longer on my kidney. It's Throughout my body on different things, it doesn't look good at all. And uh, Karen and I and went to the doctor, and they gave us a list of about four different things that they could do for do for me, and uh, none of them were very promising, not really. And uh, you know, I just this is life, and this is how it is, right? Sometimes things are tough. You got to deal with these difficult issues. Uh, and I was at home by myself and I lay down on my carpet on my floor, and I'm just praising God and worshiping God. This is something I don't normally do, by the way. Uh, But I'm on the floor, I'm prostrate, I'm like, God, um, if this is it for me, I'm going to worship you. Regardless of what happens, I'm going to praise you. I want to die well. I want to be one of those people who has faith in God regardless of what happens. right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people who would lose faith when difficult times come. About a week later, within the week, that doctor called me, and he said, you know, I was thinking, I have a a friend I know down at Mayo Clinic. You know, Mayo Clinic, pretty good place, fairly good doctors, um, and not bad. Uh, He said, why don't you go down there and see what they can do for you? And we went down there, and after four weeks of radiation and about a 20-hour surgery, Uh, I walked out of there cancer-free again. Praise God for that. I went from not good to to good, right? Praise God. Now, my cancer came back again, and it's not all over the place. It's growing very slowly, but it doesn't matter, right? Because regardless of what happens, I'm going to praise God. Now, that time that I talked about with the doctor calling a week later, That could be a coincidence, you know. My healing, it wasn't a miracle, right? It was a surgery. The doctors and the nurses, they were there, they did their job, and I'm glad for them. And I I thank those people that they followed their calling in life to be doctors and surgeons, right? But the timing of it was just perfect. It worked out really well. Was it luck? Was it chance? Well, some people might think that, but I prefer to follow God. I'm seeking God in everything I do, mm-hmm. every day that I do it. Yeah. And for me, that was the hand of God in my life. Amen. So when you go out today, whether you're here or whether you're online, whether you can go out today, tomorrow, throughout this week, watch for God moving in your life. Amen. God is here and God loves you and he wants to know you better. Amen. Thank you. Cindy?
1: Thank you so much for what an awesome word from the Lord. Uh, One of the verses that you shared that I really like is the Jeremiah 29 one. You will seek me and find me. When you seek me with all your heart, I will be found by you. So would you stand with me as we close (coughs) today? And I feel like, you know, every time the word is preached, it demands a response from us. And so today, I just ask everyone, just bow your head as you're standing. And, and I think the call to us today is to make that decision to seek God with no distractions and uh, turning from ways that are not honoring Jesus. And also to realize that as we seek him, he will be found. And, and I don't know about you, but I want more of God. I want to seek him with all of my heart and, and see what he will do in my life and through me. So with heads bowed, uh, if that's you, that you want to today say, yes, I want more of God, I want to seek him with all my heart, just raise your hand. Thank you, thank you. Lord God, we thank you for this wonderful word of seeking you. Lord, we know that the world gives us all kinds of distractions. There's all kinds of things that happen in our lives and in the lives around us, Lord, that want to keep us from really looking to you. And so, Father, just as we have praised you during worship, just as we've heard from your word, we want to seek you more. We want to seek you with all of us. And we don't want any distractions from that. Lord, we pray that we would follow you in a way that brings honor and glory to you. But also, Father, the way that lifts us up Lord, like in Psalm 63, we want to be like we seek you with all we are, like, like we're thirsty people in a dry desert. We're, we're spiritually thirsty in a dry land. And so, Father, we want to seek you with that kind of intensity. We want to have you be the Lord of our life. Lord God, we know that when we seek you, that, that um, according to our theme verse, Lord, there's healing And there's, Lord, a a way that we can turn away from all of the junk and just focus on what you have for us. And so, Lord God, we just ask that you do that in each of our hearts, each of our lives. Give us a great week as we have this last week of prayer and fasting. That as we, Lord, after three weeks, it starts getting a little harder. And so, Father, I pray that we would be willing to keep on with that. And if we haven't started, Lord, that we'd start right now, that we would fast from that whatever food item that is. And instead of when we desire that, like, like Pastor Steve and me, we're, we're desiring some meat. We haven't been eating meat for two weeks. Uh, Lord, help us use that desire to really focus on you, to really seek you. And, Lord God, that this would be a rich, rewarding time in your word, in prayer, hearing
0: from you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen.